this is just an exciting morning so far. Uh, last week, uh, I started to speak about, um, as part of our Healing Hope series, our Jehovah Rapha series, um, I started to talk about some of the areas of where, you know, we might stumble in our beliefs and, uh, around healing. And uh, healing is such a, such a tricky subject. It's, it's, uh, it's something that we, we can read copious stories uh, in the Bible about how Jesus healed, how the apostles and the disciples healed, and also uh, how um, the entire group of followers of Jesus um, went out and healed the community. It was just really just quite an extraordinary thing to be able to read. And of course, right at the end before Jesus uh, went up into heaven, he, he, he died, he rose again, and he ministered and he preached uh, to the disciples. He made this very, very clear, uh, uh, called the Great Commission, very clear statement. He said, go therefore into all the world, uh, baptizing them, making disciples. And one of the things that he made very clear was that we were called to heal the sick and raise the dead. Now, I haven't had a lot of opportunity to raise uh, many, uh, you know, physically uh, dead people. But at the same time, uh, we are called, this is part of our calling as a church, and to, to heal the sick, to see sickness leave people's bodies and for them to be made whole and to be made well. And it's a tricky subject because many people have experienced various different uh, uh, things in healing. You may have seen a video of somebody being healed and extremely extraordinary thing but there's deep something deep inside you that says well it's not for me or it's not for Australia or it happens overseas but it doesn't happen here or there might be various different uh, beliefs that are down in your core that is that that have come as a result of you know disappointment where you may have uh, been praying and believing and seeking healing for somebody and unfortunately that person was not healed or still to the this day may not be healed. And so what I hope to tackle today is the ongoing nature of uh, that, that I believe that God has called us into a season of great health and of great healing. And I believe that uh, right now we're stepping into that season in reality. I, I like uh, what um, you know, the Old Testament talked about the sons of Issachar and the sons of Issachar, uh, uh, were, they, they knew the times. They were discerning in the times and they knew the times that they were in. And uh, it, right now, it is important for us to know the time that we're in. And I'm letting you know that I know God's will for us is to be healed. God's will for our bodies is to be blessed. That John 10.10, 10, that Jesus said this very clear thing. He said, I've come that they may have life and have it to in, in abundance. And so uh, uh, let's pray right now, and then we're going to get into the word. Father, we just thank you right now for your presence. And Lord, we open our heart right now to receive your word. Lord, let it be a seed that would go deep into our hearts and deep into our lives. Let it germinate. Let it take effect in Jesus' name for your goodness, for your glory. And Lord, that we would make you famous in Jesus' name. And we all said... Amen and amen. Well, last week I talked about the fact that uh, um, 
uh, I talked about the fact that worship is such a key ingredient when it comes to healing and when it comes to health. And uh, it's, uh, worship is such a key ingredient because it, it positions us in, it positions us to, to, uh, to, to take our eyes off of ourselves and put our eyes on the Lord. And it is just so incredibly important. And so worship activates our correct positioning before God. Um, worship activates correct positioning, superior truth. It activates right relationship and adjusts our acknowledgement and it adjusts our appropriate attention. So where we might be focused upon perhaps maybe, you know, uh, where, where we feel ill, where we feel sick or, you know, where we may not be feeling 100%, um, when those sorts of things start to happen, well, then, then we can very quickly lose sight of where our focus needs to be. I know that uh, if I was to stub my toe, I'm not thinking about what I'm having for lunch, right? I am focused upon the pain that is in my foot. I'm focused upon that. And so often when we're believing for healing and we're not seeing it, suddenly our focus becomes much more on the mentality of being ill or the pain or being sick as opposed to where our attention needs to be. And I'm going to share something really, really crucial with you today that's going to help you do that. It's a truth that will help you understand the fact that healing is for for us today. Healing is for us today for those who believe. So the ultimate results of worshipping God recognises the truth of who we are and who he is to us as well. And of course, the outworking of knowing God and understanding the truth about who God is, is acknowledging him is that the, the effect of all of that is healing. So power does not come from music or the expression of worship, although the expression can display faith. You know, if you, uh, have you ever seen somebody who is really believing for a breakthrough in some way, believing for something significant in their life? What often happens is that what th that person is, is deep in prayer. There's a greater expression of, of uh, them uh, and their desire to connect with the Lord, for their desire that, for him to be glorified through whatever uh, need is, uh, what it, whatever need is manifested or they're aiming to see that need manifested in their life you see and so I, I think worship is an expression of us engaging our faith and engaging that that brand new place of saying Lord I worship you and I, and I believe that you want the best for me I believe that you want the best for this need or this breakthrough we only have to look at the story of the alabaster jar and the, and the lady who, and the woman who came and, and, and uh, broke that expensive and costly. It was the most valuable thing that that woman would have owned, that alabaster jar and that expression of worship over Jesus and, and that expression of worship over his feet as she, as she broke that perfume over his feet. That was an expression of worship. We look at the story of the 10 lepers that we're 
Jesus healed the 10 lepers in Luke chapter 17. And the truth is only one, 10 got healed, but only one was made whole, the Bible says. And that word whole is that word sozo, that word that means completely whole, completely saved and completely healed. Why? Why did he be, why was he made whole as compared to the other nine? Why? Because he came back to worship. He came back to worship Jesus. He came back to worship him and give thanks to him and dedicate his life to him. And then he received a promise that really he probably didn't expect to receive at that moment and at that time. We look at the story of the woman from Canaan who, who, um, who, who she longed for healing and health and, uh, and Jesus said, no, I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to give it to you because it's, you know, it's, it's for the Hebrews alone. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and she made this great statement of faith that you might remember it that said, yes, but even the little dogs uh, get the crumbs from the master's table. And, you know, an, an amazing set of faith right there. We look at uh, um, the the word from God in the book of in in Habakkuk, um, and it says, "If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear." There's this element of worship. There is something that happens that when we turn our focus towards the Lord, when we turn our focus towards Him, it activates something within our spirit and positions us to receive what the Lord would want to give us. And I'm telling you now, God wants you to be healed. God wants you to be healed. Turn to the person beside you and say, that might be a revelation, but God wants you to be healed. So the power comes when our faith is activated. The faith in which we cultivate who the worship is directed to and the heart from where it is coming from. And so like the song that we sang this morning, I'm just here to worship. I'm not here for, to gain anything from you. Well, the truth is this, is that when we step into the presence of God, what happens is we are transformed. The Bible describes it like this, that, that when we turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. We become like that which we gaze upon. And that is so true. You look at it when uh, uh, people or, or kids look towards their, you know, their AFL football star and they get the haircut or, you know, they, 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 they train, oh, I'm, I'm kicking a ball like Dusty kicks it or I, I took a snap and it was just like I don't know whoever your, your favorite player is um, or uh, a rock star or someone from the voice and and people become like that which they focus upon the same is for us when we focus upon Jesus when we focus upon the Lord we step into that moment of where there is we come to focus on him and suddenly there is a transaction that takes place that that we become more like him and more like him means healed whole saved set free you know increasing in levels of joy increasing in wisdom increasing in discernment there's all these benefits from worshiping Jesus passionately that sometimes I just don't think we remind ourselves of when we step into that place where, where we there, there is this engagement and 
this great exchange that takes place, this great moment of, uh, wow, we encounter him. When we press into him, we encounter him and he encounters us. We just have to look at the place of worship when David played his harp and demons fled from Saul. You see, freedom comes when we step into a right place of worship. Why? Because it places correct worth. We are made to worship God, not ourselves, not somebody else. We are made to worship God. It is within our DNA. It's within our spiritual DNA. And so um, we know that freedom comes as a, from a place of worship. Now, you need to understand that's a spiritual freedom. It's an emotional freedom. It's a soul freedom. And it's also a freedom within our body at the same time. So your posture and your commitment to worship cultivates relationship with God. This impacts the depth of your faith. Faith activates the power of God on the earth, and this often looks like healing. And healing is this absolute place of forgiveness. So my second point, uh, taking on from uh, uh, last week, was, was this healing. I want to highlight the, the area of where healing and the forgiveness of sin interacts. It's an axis where, uh, uh, that has been put in place since the beginning of time. The Bible describes Jesus as this, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So if that's true, and if we believe in what the word says about that, that if he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, that means that our forgiveness, forgiveness God the Father in his infinite wisdom in his incredible glory already positioned us and already knew that mankind within his heart that if mankind would sin he had a solution guess what no matter what sickness you're facing right now he has a solution he is the solution and there is an anointing that will flow as a result of you applying your faith and that correct positioning of worship to towards the Lord and see this interaction and this axis of where healing and forgiveness comes in of where the healing comes as a result of the forgiveness of sin and the forgiveness of sin is that moment of salvation that moment of being made whole and I'm going to share some stuff with you today which I think is going to be quite significant in your breakthrough so I want to address firstly some mistaken beliefs about healing. Jesus regularly illustrated that the forgiveness of sin is linked with healing. Now I'm not categorically saying that sickness is a result of sin. That is absolutely futile. However, Jesus often said, your sins are forgiven you and the person was healed. Uh, there is something there that we need to take notice of, right? The man who was lowered through the roof. The religious leaders went into a frenzy when he said, he didn't say be healed. He said, your sins have forgiven you. And the man got, got up and walked. The, religi the religious leaders, the religious uh, people in, at, at that time that were, that were commissioned to guard the, the good old-fashioned religion were, were aghast that how could Jesus say these words, these, these shocking words to them? Whereas Jesus said, well, what's easier to say you're forgiven 
as opposed to being healed. Here, there is something for us to take note of here. So salvation and healing works in us in the same way. All right. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Some translations say we were healed. In other words, it's past tense. It's already done. And you see, that scripture actually screams loudly of the scripture that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And what I'm highlighting here to you is that God never plans, God never plans for you to be sick. God never plans. It's not part of his design. Uh, you know, he's not sending it to chastise you or, 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 to ch- or to change you in some way. He is not the origin of sickness. We live in a fallen world. But I'll tell you what he is the origin of. He is the origin of your healing. He is the absolute origin of you being made whole. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed both these passages describe the physical punishment that Christ took upon himself for the sake of humanity all of all those who chose to believe in him However, the passage in Isaiah is one of the most renowned Old Testament passages because it was prophesied some 700 years before he arrived in a manger. John MacArthur actually refers to this passage as the first gospel. No passage provides a clearer explanation of Christ's atoning work for sinners. It is rich in detail of Christ's suffering and crucifixion of his saving work for each of us. He goes on to quote, healing and salvation work hand in hand. Salvation leans towards the truth that our sins are forgiven and that healing is for all who believe. Healing is for all who believe. This is a great book by T.L. Osborne and T.L. Osborne and his wife were uh, great missionaries uh, and led incredible healing crusades in, in many, many, many nations around the world and saw thousands of people healed. I want to just read a passage and uh, just hang in there with me on it as, we, uh, as I finish up today. But he talks about John, Dr. John G. Lake, who was a great missionary evangelist in South uh, Africa at the, big, at the turn of the 20th century. And he says this, and it's out of uh, John G. Lake's book. It says, One of the difficulties concerning healing that God has to remove from the human mind is this wretched thing that often prevails in the best of Christian circles where healing is taught and practice that the idea that divine healing is something disassociated or separate from Christ's salvation. John G. Lake says it is not. Now we have to understand these guys are well proven, all right? Well, well proven in uh, how the Lord has used them in these incredible crusades. He goes on to say, healing is simply the salvation of Jesus Christ having its divine action in one's body, the same as it had its divine action in one's spirit. Exactly the same. 
When Christ healed the body, he healed the spirit also. All a person needs to do is receive the Lord by faith. Doing this, one's defective eyes receive sight. The dormant mind becomes active and the sick body is healed. It's extraordinary to think that by saying yes to Jesus, this transaction can take place if you believe. This transaction of where we step into this place, this intersection, as it were, as I spoke about before, of where salvation and healing comes into reality. It is by faith that we receive Jesus Christ. It is by faith that we believe in him. And instantly we believe and we know, according to the word, that salvation comes to those who believe in Jesus Christ and accept him as their Lord and their Savior. It is by faith that we accept salvation. It is also by faith that we step into and we accept healing in our body for those who believe. He goes on to say, how simple it should be for people who have this confidence and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his salvation to add faith for the body as well as for the spirit. It works identically the same for sickness as for sin. Had this, be, had this truth been preached, the sickness question would have vanished once and for all when the sin question is taken care of. The sin question is taken care of when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, that he became sin and he became sickness for us on the cross. He didn't just take it symbolically, he became it on the cross at that moment and at that time. But unfortunately, too many times, our conclusion has been based more on what we think has not happened as opposed to what we believe. How we, res how we respond to a testimony is a great gauge on how much do we believe. Because often we might witness something that takes place and maybe just give it lip service. But when we truly believe, when we truly press into that moment, that place, and we partake of that testimony, when we come into that place of testimony, what actually takes place is we can believe with that person. We can celebrate with that person. We can step into that place. It almost seems that the size of the celebration indicates how shocked we are that something may have happened, that a healing that has taken place. Or could it be, and I want to propose this question, that we have lost the art of celebration? Have we lost the art of celebrating the things of God, of allowing ourselves to be excited about simply the truth that is in his word, the simple truth of the simple and yet significant gospel, as what John MacArthur said, that, that here Jesus became sin for us. He became sickness for us and that by his stripes we are healed for those who believe. So often in that moment and in that place, we have to step into this place of belief. Sometimes we fall, we fall into the place of, well, you just have to accept God's will. 
And that could be a cop-out. Sometimes it's, well, sickness is a cross that I have to bear and it's a cross that I have to carry. Sometimes we believe that healing is a formula, that if I jump through this hoop and I jump through that hoop, then I ultimately will receive it. Someone may have even said to you that God did not heal you because you lacked faith. Sometimes there's people that it's like spiritual gifts are just weird. I, 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 I would just rather just do the church thing, do the work thing and, and not be challenged in those areas. Some people even think in the Western world that God's method of healing is only medical. Well, the truth is this. His healing is for you today. That is the truth. When you step into that place of belief, that healing is for you today. I want to encourage you with these very quick and simple points. Healing is as a result of consistent prayer. Healing is, and again, understand this is not a formula because healing is already as a result of you believing in him. Healing is already as a, a result, as a result of the cross. Healing is already yours to take hold of. But healing at times is a result of consistent prayer. It's a result of fasting. It's a, it's a result of an individual's faith. It's sometimes a result of praying something specific in response to a word of knowledge. It's a result of forgiveness. For some people out there, they may not have experienced a breakthrough in their health, a breakthrough in their healing because they're harboring unforgiveness. Now is the time to forgive. Sometimes healing is a result of an act, an act of faith. It's a result of quiet times of devotion. Sometimes it's an act of faith-filled believers. But the truth is, God wants to make you whole today. In the same way that he has saved you, in the same way that you have received eternal life when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you can believe that, then I would encourage you today, believe that he is in the business of healing for all those that believe. I would encourage you that you would open your Bible and open your word and read the stories of healing and read the stories of Jesus' will and allow your own faith to be built up, to allow your own walk to, to, to walk and stand taller in this subject of healing. The enemy would want you to disbelieve. The enemy would want 
you to think of reasons as to why it hasn't happened. I would encourage you today, remove all those reasons and believe that it has happened even before you've seen it. The Bible says that faith is is the fuel. It's the absence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things hoped for and yet not seen. I would encourage you, have faith. Place your belief correctly where the word of the Lord will guide you. I'm going to pray and then just hand it over to uh, Julie now. But right now, if you've got pain in your body, I want you to receive the power of healing that Jesus took that pain on the cross. Now give it over to him. In Jesus' name, I command pain to leave. In Jesus' name, I declare sickness and illness go. And I declare those words, Jesus, that we are forgiven, we are made whole, and we are healed. I declare those words over each and every person, situation and circumstance.